Alright, if you have your Bibles, let's open up to the book of Daniel chapter 6. Daniel chapter 6, and I want to preach a very simple message tonight. Uh, Daniel chapter 6, verses 1 down through to 5. Amen. I want to preach a message entitled, The Spirit of Excellence tonight. I need to drink a bit of that water. All the uh, singing and screaming, hallelujah. Amen. Oh, glory to God. Alright, Daniel chapter 6. Uh, verses 1 down through to verse 5. It says this, It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps, that's like governors, to be over the whole kingdom. And over these three governors, of whom Daniel was one of them, that's presidents. Then the satraps might give account to them so that the king would suffer no loss. Then this Daniel, I want you to hear this. Then this Daniel distinguished himself above the governors and satraps because listen to this an excellent spirit was in him amen underline that an excellent spirit was in him and the king gave thought to setting him over the whole realm so the governors and the satraps sought to find some charge against daniel concerning the kingdom but they could not find no charge or fault because he was faithful everyone say faithful nor was there any error of fault found in him. Then these men said, We shall not find any charge against Daniel unless we find it against him concerning the law of his God. I want to preach a message tonight, the spirit of excellence. Amen. The spirit of excellence. We need to contend for a spirit of excellence. We need to keep praying, God, help me to develop a character, a spirit of excellence. Ask God to work in us this character where we can have and develop this spirit of Daniel where he considered and he uh, embodied this spirit of excellence so what does it mean to have a spirit of excellence it's a, it's an attitude it's an attitude that really glorifies God that exemplifies Jesus Christ and I want you to think about Daniel for a moment because he was in one of the most uh, terrible settings he was taken captive right into uh, a secular Babylonian culture and they begin to worship false gods they took the best of the best of the Hebrew people and they took Daniel they took his friends and they left the rest to burn and die and the king Nebuchadnezzar he began to teach the Hebrew people the way of life how they begin to worship other gods he even taught them how to speak another language he even taught them how to change their names and their diet but those who were with Daniel who worked with Daniel they saw Daniel's life they were like man this guy is not like one of us and they saw his life and he be, they became jealous of him they became jealous of Daniel because they saw something in him and then so then they begin to say listen we're not able to try and change Daniel but maybe we can try and get him with his God and listen I'm telling you this tonight because I'm telling you if you're desiring to be a godly man or a godly woman and where God is beginning to favor you be careful for the people around you because they will try and seek to de despise your God amen you might be in your workplace and God is helping you promoting you and there are people in your workplace that are trying to pull you down and make fun of your faith man I've been in school I used to be one of those kids who laugh and bully the Christians man I thought they were the nerds because I, I watched Simpsons and you see the guy you know he's the the nerdy neighbor and it's like oh yeah and so you 
grown up with this mind, this concept, man, Christians are just weak. Christians are just these nerdy people. But then I realized for myself, man, I'm the one that's weak. I'm the one that's broken. I'm the one that's empty. I need Jesus. And so here it is. You know what? So many of these guys begin to look at Daniel's life and become so jealous. And so what did they do? They ordered to build an idol, a statue. And listen to this, that when the music plays, they begin to bow down. Daniel chapter 3 verse 5. Listen to this. That at the time you hear the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, and psaltery in symphony with all kinds of music. Get this, you shall fall down and worship the gold image that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. I mean, everybody bowed down when they heard the music. They heard the song, the symphony begin to play, and this was the signal. Everybody's got to bow down to the sound of music. Listen, I want to tell you, young people tonight, you got to be careful what kind of music you listen to. Hello? you got to be careful with kind of what kind of music you put between your ears because I'm telling you, those things go down deep into your heart, begin to go down deep into your spirit. And if you're listening to music that disconnects you from God, listen, that is the spirit of this world. That everything we're trying to do to connect to God, that we're trying to worship God, that we're trying to get in His presence. But as soon as we put on these filthy, pervasive uh, music that begins to talk about filth and all these sorts of things, it's like, man, it's disconnecting you from your relationship with Jesus. Be careful of what you hear. Be careful of what kind of music you listen to. Daniel chose not to be moved. He chose not to be swayed by the music of this world. He said, listen, I'm going to not listen to this music, not bow down to it. I'm living to another rhythm. Oh, come on. I'm living to another music that God has given to me. I'm not going to bow down and worship any other God. I'm going to worship Jesus Christ. Daniel said, I'm not going to let the music of this culture cause me to disconnect me from my worship to God. I'm not going to start worshiping idols. Man, I'm, I'm listening to, you know, you drive and some, sometimes you go through your car and all of a sudden you're trying to flick through the stations and all of a sudden you hear these music. I'm just like, whoa, my goodness, I can't believe I used to listen to this stuff, man. And I used to be the guy who's in the clubs like, man, play that track, yo, this is my jam, man. I'll, I'm just, I'm kind of PG right now. I could go, you know, there's so many songs out there, but man, I'm telling you. It would get in your spirit. It would want to make you go out into the nightclubs and hook up. Can I be real tonight? Man, some of the music you listen to would make you feel like you're ready to go out and meet someone. You know, you want to go out and hook up with someone. Some of the music, and even it's been shown through study, some of the music that people listen to become suicidal. Amen. They become people who go out and murder the stuff we listen to, the stuff we put between our ears because it's a spirit just like the Babylonians where they begin to worship this God and trying to get people to disconnect from the world, trying to get people to disconnect from God and, dis and connect with the God of this world. And you think about Daniel for a minute. I mean, he didn't have his family there. He didn't have his pastor there. He didn't have his Christian brothers, uh, you know, trying to say, hey, listen, don't listen to this music. He, he was there and he was like, you know what, I'm not, I'm not going to bow down. I'm not going to do what, else, what everyone else is doing. I've got a higher calling. I'm not just going to come to church and sing my worship songs and all of a sudden I'll start listening to other music. No, 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 I've got a God that I'm serving. 
I got a God that I'm going to worship Him. I got a God that despite Sundays and Wednesdays and I come lift up my hands, I'm not going to go Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday listening to filth and trash because I'm not going to bow down to any God. I'm not going to bow down to anything else and worship another God. I'm not going to be like the culture of this world. I'm going to be worshiping Jesus. Exodus chapter 34 verse 14. For you shall worship no other God for the Lord whose name is jealous is a jealous God. Amen. What you put in your ears and when you begin to listen to this stuff, it disconnects you from worshiping God. It disconnects you from your relationship with Jesus. And you see, Daniel was a spiritual man. Daniel had the ability to interpret dreams. He was so spiritual. He, he lived at this, this particular level compared to no one else that he was around. And he, he caught the eye of the leadership between the king and he distinguished himself. He separated himself from every single one of them and decided, you know what, I'm going to be different. Not for the sake of just trying to be different, but listen, I'm living according to God. I'm living according to His Word and His ways. And there's something about the way Daniel conducted himself. I mean, we just read there's 120 satraps. That's like princes. Three of those were like presidents. And Daniel himself was one of the three. I mean, Daniel was up there. He was the, one of the big guys. And then the king put Daniel, ruler, all of, over all of these men. He was promoted to the highest rank, but only under the king himself. This is Daniel's position. Why is that? Because he had an excellent spirit. He had an excellent spirit. David was anointed. He had an excellent spirit within him. And listen to this. One Bible commentator said this, a spirit that excelled was in him. A spirit that excelled was in him. Notice it wasn't his flesh. Notice it wasn't his mental capacity to try and do things, work it out on his own. No, it was the spirit. And this was the chief thing that was happening and operating in Daniel's life. He was a man who began his life in the very beginning stages to be spiritual. David was a man who recognized in everything he would do, the supreme quality, the number one ingredient in his life over everything else was God's spirit. He would pray three times a day, the Bible would tell us. He would pray and pray and pray and he did this every single day. He wanted to be a spiritual man. He wanted to put God first. So number one, if you're taking note, let's examine the qualities of the fruit. Manifested in Daniel in whom the spirit excelled and was the principal focus. Number one, Daniel was a man of purpose. Amen. If we're going to pray, God, give me an excellent spirit. God, help me to be a man of excellence. God, that everything I put my hand to will not just be half-hearted, will not just be, you know what, laxadaisy and just casual things about it. I'm going to be a man of purpose. But what does it mean? Daniel was a man of purpose. Listen to Daniel 1 verse 8. But Daniel purpose in his heart, listen to this, that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's delicacies, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the chief of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Amen. He purposed in himself, right? Get this. You know what? We live in a generation where people just don't finish things. You know, you, you, have, you, have you started like a renovation in your house and it's still like, you know, haven't finished? 
Have you ever tried to read a book and it's still sitting there on your bedside table? Still haven't turned page one yet? <laughs> Have you ever started something but yet, you know what, it hasn't finished yet? And so we live in a place, in a time where, you know what, people aren't finishing things because there's no purpose. That no one wants to commit to do things. That no one wants to begin to lay down their life and say, listen, I'm going to surrender. I'm going to commit and I'm going to do this thing. We've got people who want to be involved. We've got people who want to get, oh, yeah, I'll be involved. But they ain't commit. They ain't no purpose in their heart. To have committed oneself to some definite thing is always of value. Whatever walk of life you're in, listen, when you commit to do something, that's of value. Every man... Every woman underlying his life somewhere is a purpose. But Daniel found it. Daniel found it, he named it, he announced it, and he stood by it. Daniel's purpose, listen, was a simple one. He said, I will not touch the king's delicacies. I will not drink the wine that the king will give. He purposed in his heart, listen very carefully, not to defile himself. He purposed in his heart that his spirit, that God's spirit was the most supreme thing that he wanted to take care of. He would not permit any other fleshly or carnal nature to indulge himself that would take away and grieve the Holy Spirit and weaken the nerve of a spiritual endeavor to try and dim the vision of the spiritual outlook that he had. No, Daniel had this deepest purpose. And listen to this, it was a loyalty to God. He had such loyalty to God. Man, we live in a godless society. We live in a generation where people are just completely enticed by so many things in the world. There's temptation everywhere. And people are living in a godless time. But let every man and let every woman purpose in his heart, listen, that you will be loyal to God. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. You got a purpose in your heart that says, you know what, I'm not going to serve the world. I'm going to serve God. You got to make this a purpose, a conviction in your heart that says, listen, I'm not going to get entangled myself in the things of this life. I'm a soldier for Christ and I've got a purpose in my heart to be loyal to God. Listen, Christianity ain't a part-time relationship, brother, sister. Listen, Christianity is not just a Sunday thing we add to your life. Christianity is saying, listen, Jesus said himself, Matthew 6, 4, no one can serve two masters. He will either hate one and love the other or else he will be loyal. Everyone say loyal. Oh man, loyal. Where are the loyal people today? Loyal, you know what to say, listen, I'll be here on time. Loyal to say, listen, God, I'm going to worship you and no one else. Loyal to say, listen, God, you've got my heart, no one else. Even my wife, God, you're the number one. Beyond my wife, beyond my children, God, you're number one. Come on. We got to be loyal to God. And the thing is, the devil would want to move your uh, affections away. The devil would want to move your uh, affections away and put them on something else. So then now you, it becomes more appetizing to get involved in this. And all of a sudden we're disconnected from God. We're backslidden. We've gone and we've now served, not God anymore, but we're serving mammon. So the purpose has got to be this loyalty to Christ. It's formed inside your heart. You got to confess it with your mouth to say, God, I'm going to serve you. 
purpose in your heart. Affirm it. And then from that, you got to begin to construct your circumference from the principle of this purpose of loyalty. That your worship belongs to God and from there, all external things that you do is done in the right spirit. The external things Daniel did was because of the internal things that God was doing in his spirit. Daniel was a man of purpose, a man loyal to God. Let's talk about number two. Not only was Daniel was a man of purpose, Daniel was a man of prayer. Amen. Nothing stands out more clearly than this fact. Daniel was a prayer warrior. Daniel prayed. Amen. And as the story moves on, listen, Daniel begins to interpret the king's dream. Daniel uh, begins to call his friends because no one could interpret the king's dream. And so Daniel called all his friends. Let's get together. And they begin to pray. And then the story goes on and we understand Daniel was a man who was completely given to a continual day-to-day prayer life. You can find this in Daniel chapter 6 verse 10. Now when Daniel knew the thing that was written and signed, he went home. And in his upper room with his windows open toward Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as was his custom since early days. You see, every new Christian, every new born-again person needs to understand the importance when it comes to prayer. You got to be someone that has a conviction on an early age of your Christianity that says, listen, I'm going to pray. Because you can come to church and you know what, pastor can preach a good message, but if you're not praying, listen, you'll come under the attacks of the enemy very quickly and you'll fall. I'm telling you, you will not last a second when you begin to walk out the doors in your house and you have not even prayed. And the enemy is ready with the fiery darts, ready to shoot them. And where is your armor? Where, where's the shield of faith that you got there? The shield of, oh, I got my feelings. Oh, yeah, you know, I'm just going to do what I feel like. Yeah, you know, praying's a bit too hard. And all of a sudden, the attacks start attacking you. And like, oh, man, I just can't handle it anymore. It's too hard. Christianity, uh." man, why don't you get in the Bible? Why don't you start praying? Get the Spirit of God in you and hold up the shield of faith that says, listen, my God is greater. We are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. That's why we got to learn to pray very early in our Christian life. Man, I've met people, awesome Christian people. And I've met them and I'm just like, wow, man, I, you know Jesus more than I do. How many have you ever met someone like that? They're just like, wow, they're just full on for God. There's this radiant about them. There's this joy that begins to envelop their character. There's something about them that's like drawing you in. It's like, wow, this person is, is different. The reason why is this person has a prayer life. The reason why this person has victory and is smiling all of a sudden is because this man or this woman is a man and woman of prayer. They're soaked daily in His presence. I mean, they're completely given down in prayer, bowing down on their knees, intercessory prayer for their loved ones, intercessory prayer for the church, intercessory prayer for all the things that go on in their life, praying, God, I'm weak. God, I'm, in, I'm, I'm not able to do these things in my strength. God, I want to pray because I, I don't have the answers. I don't have the strength, but God, you do. We got to pray. We got to pray. We got to pray. I mean, listen to 
this, to, just to have purpose is not enough. You need to form habits of prayer. You got to have this conviction. You got to make this a lifestyle of prayer. You got to begin to move in an arena of spiritual warfare done through prayer. Amen. Have you ever woke, uh, you know, gone to your car or you're walking down the street and all of a sudden you walk through a uh, cobweb? Has anyone ever done it before? And it's, it's like, <laughs> you know, it's like, oh yeah, trying to get it out of your hair and you just look so silly like everyone's in, you're doing the Macarena, you know. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And then all of a sudden you're like, you, you go back, you, you, you kill the, the webs again and the, it just keeps coming back and again and again. Listen, you got to kill the spider in your life because the devil would want to weave all these things in your life. The devil would want to put things up and all you're doing is like, oh, getting rid of it. Listen, you got to get in prayer, man. This is where we're going to defeat the devil. We got to kill the enemy through prayer. When you begin to pray and God begins to move, God begins to deal with your enemies. God begins to break every work of the devil. Got to kill the spider, man. You got to kill it through prayer. Whatever you do, listen, you got to pray. Whatever you do, when you wake up in the morning, pray. Be a man and woman of prayer. Because when you don't pray, you become weak. And weak Christians become lukewarm Christians. Lukewarm Christians will bow down to the culture of this world. Amen. We need people to be prayer warriors. We need to be a people who will rise up in prayer develop a habit of prayer whatever you do whatever you are uh, doing for God it's got to be excellent because it's giving a testimony to others around you about your walk with God the way you handle money do it with a spirit of excellence the way you work on your job do it with a spirit of excellence the way you uh, begin to speak to your spouse in your family, with your children. Have a spirit of excellence and it's only done through having a purpose to the loyal God and also done through the power of prayer. Colossians 3 verse 23. And I close. Whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men. You see, we need to contend for a spirit of excellence. We need to contend for this because, I mean, we're going to be raising up young men, young women in our congregation. People who are going to be involved in, in all sorts of ministries. And I want you to remember this message. God developed within us a spirit of excellence. This is the heartbeat of our church. We got to be loyal to God. We got a purpose in our heart to say, listen, I'm not going to be like the world. I'm going to be loyal to God. We got to say, you know what, God, I'm going to make this my life a house of prayer. And everything else is done through a spirit of excellence. That's how we are able to function. That's how the church will begin to move and people will see it. People will be like, man, what's going on there? It's God. It's God's spirit moving within us. What about you tonight? Do you have a spirit of excellence within you? Is there something within you that's like, you know what, man, I've, I've decided to go full on for God. Are you still half-half? Are you still lukewarm? Go all in, man. We've lived 100% for this world already. We've wasted our lives, most of our lives in, in the world. Come on, man, stop playing games. Go all out. Be loyal to God. Don't serve the world. Serve God. 
put down your pride, your ego, and put down everything and say, listen, I'm going to surrender it down. I don't want to end up in hell. I don't want to end up one day, you know what, getting to heaven, and I, I could have done more things for Jesus. Let's go all out now while we have the breath, while we have the chance. Let's redeem the time, as the, uh, the wise man says in Ecclesiastes, redeem the time right now that we have. And let's rise up and let's do things with the spirit of excellence. Amen. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Simple message tonight. God is speaking to single men, single women, moms and dads, about a spirit of excellence. How are you at your workplace? Are you taking shortcuts? How are you in your home when no one else is around? Because what you do in private determines your public arena. The anointing of God upon your life starts in the private when no one else is looking. God is preparing some people tonight. Say, hey, listen. You've got to be loyal to God. Purpose in your heart. That's the center most important focus. Jesus comes first. Seek Him. Pray. Pray to Him. Don't allow the world to take its place in your life. Don't allow yourself to get entangled with the world, the affairs of this life. Come on, young person, young man, young woman. Listen tonight. The world has done so much damage in your life. Now is not the time to go back and play with it. Make a decision to say, listen, I'm going to purpose in my heart to be loyal to God. Choose like Daniel to say, listen, I'm not going to defile myself by listening to filth garbage music. Refuse to bow down to the culture, the God of this world, and stand up for what is right. Stand up for God and His Word. Stand up and say, listen, I'm not going to be like the world. I'm going to be different. Hallelujah. Amen, you're here in this place. I want to give an invitation. You're here tonight and God is speaking to you directly. You're not saved. You're not right with the Lord. You know if you were to die tonight and you know you're living in sin. You know you can't hide from a holy God. He knows what you're doing in the private areas of your life. And it's not pleasing to Him. You know you're not right with the Lord. But tonight you'd say, listen, pastor, that's me. I'm serving the world. But I know if I was to, make, if I was to die tonight, I know I wouldn't make heaven my home. My friend, God loves you. He's given you an opportunity right now. It's called grace. You deserve to die and go to hell. You deserve. We all do. I do. But yet God in His grace, God in His mercy, God in His great love sent His Son Jesus to take your sins, take my sins and die upon a cross. They crucified His hands. They nailed His hands and His feet. They put a crown of thorns upon Him. Why did He do this? He did this for you and me. He died a painful death so that we could be free, so that we could be reconciled back to God. Because our sins separate us, but through Jesus' blood, through His sacrifice, we can now have access to God the Father. And you're here tonight, you know you're not right with the Lord. You know you wouldn't make heaven your home. Tonight's your night. Why don't you raise your hand and say, yes, that's me. 
Lift it up tonight. Don't be ashamed. I'll count it a privilege to pray with you. You lift it up. Amen. I see that hand. God bless you. Anyone else, you be honest with the Lord. You be honest with yourself and say, yes, I'm not right with the Lord. I, if I was to die, I wouldn't make heaven my home. You be honest tonight. Say, yes, that's me. I need to be forgiven. I want to be cleansed. I want to be washed. I want to be delivered. If that's you tonight, why don't you raise your hand? You say, yep, that's me. I'm going all out for God tonight. I'm making a decision tonight. I'm going to give my life to Jesus. If that's you, raise your hand. Lift it up all across this place. God bless you. Anyone else? Anyone else? Lift up your hand. God bless you. You're a backslider. You once had a walk with Christ. You once had a relationship with Jesus, but you've gone your own way. You've lived now back into the world. You've slid back into your own lifestyle. If that's you, raise your hand. Lift up your hand tonight. Amen. I see these hands going up. God bless you. God bless you. Anyone else want to join us on his hearts? Young, old, man or woman, doesn't matter who you are. God loves you and he wants to save your soul. Tonight's the night. Why don't you give your life to Jesus? Stop living in sin and give your life to Christ and live holy. Live a holy life, pleasing to God. Not pleasing man, but pleasing God. If that's you, you raise your hand. Backslide in this place. You know you're not right with the Lord. Lift your hand as well. Join us on his heart. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Those of you who raise your hand, you look up, you meant that? Amen. You guys meant that? Come. Come out of your seat. Come meet me at the altar. Come. My sister over here, you raise your hand. My sister over here, you raise your hand. Come. Come. We'll pray for you. Come. Hallelujah, come. Join these honest hearts. Come, come, we'll pray at this altar right now. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed. Right now in this presence. Amen. Just repeat this prayer after me. Just say, Lord Jesus, I thank you that you love me. I'm asking you come into my heart. I repent for my sins. I turn to you. I receive your grace. I thank you for your love, for your mercy that you showed on the cross. So come into my life and make me a new creation. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, hallelujah. Lord Jesus, right now, seal this word. Seal it in the name of Jesus, God. Let your presence fill it right now with your spirit, Lord God. Lord, you see your word is truth. Any man or woman being Christ, he or she is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. Lord God, right now, God, I come against every work of the enemy. God, I pray even a deep work, Lord God, of deliverance. God, the blood of Jesus Christ begins to minister and move in the name of Jesus Christ. I thank you, Lord God. Your word says, do not forbid the young children to come. And Lord God, and you let them come to you, Jesus, and you've been blessed them, God. So tonight, Lord, I thank you for the receptive hearts of these little ones, Lord God. Lord God, it shows their maturity. God, that shows, Lord God, their responsiveness to you. And I pray, God, that they would understand the, the weight, Lord God, of their decision tonight, Lord God, to be saved, Lord God, and to give their lives to you, Jesus. Lord, be glorified tonight in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Church, these altars are open. We can find a place to pray tonight at this altar. Maybe God's speaking to you tonight about having a spirit of excellence. Why don't you come out of your seat right now? If God's dealing with you through the message, if God is dealing with you about your character, listen, why don't you come out of your seat and say, yep, that's me. I'm going to do some changes in my life. Maybe God's speaking to you about being loyal. You're half and half about serving Jesus. 
I mean, these are his words. Jesus says, no one can serve two masters. You've got to be loyal to one or, or despise the other. You can't serve God and, and mammon. You can't be one foot in and one foot out. Jesus wrote a letter to the churches. And one of the churches, he says, God was so angered. It was actually disgusting that God said, I'm going to vomit you out of my mouth. And he was talking about lukewarmness. That people who just half and half didn't want to be hot or cold. And when someone has not made up their mind, in God's eyes, it's disgusting. It makes him vomit. You got to make a decision tonight, not just to come to church, but to surrender your heart to God. Will you do that tonight? Will you surrender your life? Because everything from this, when you build your circumference of your life around this area, will you purpose in your heart to be loyal to God? Everything else will flow from there. It'll allow you to now serve your purpose because of God. It'll now allow you to move and walk in the Spirit because of your lifestyle of prayer. People here tonight, you got to come to God tonight and say, God, forgive me. I've been praying. God, forgive me. I've been, I have, I've been trying to do things on my own strength. Some of us here tonight, we need to repent of our lukewarm Christianity. The Bible says if you're lukewarm, you got to repent. Do the back, go back to your first love. Repent. Do the first works again. You're here tonight. Come on. Why don't you come to the altar and say, God, I'm lukewarm. I repent. Come on, don't live your life half, half. Go all out. We're living in the last days. Jesus is coming back for his church. He's coming back for his bride. And so God is looking for people, men and women, who would carry a spirit of excellence. A spirit of excellence within them. That whether they're a mom or whether they're a dad, a single mother, has a spirit of excellence on how she handles her money, on how she treats her children, on how she raises her kids. It's a spirit of excellence. A single man who has a spirit of excellence decides and says, listen, I'm not going to watch all this filthy stuff that's on the internet, pornography. I'm not going to listen to the garbage of the world, the music, and bow down to the God of this world. Young men who decide to do that, that's, they begin to foster a spirit of excellence. It's no wonder why God promotes certain men. It's no wonder why God promotes certain women in places because here they are. Daniel decided to purpose himself to not defile himself. And yet God now begins to promote, bring promotion. I believe God wants to raise up some CEOs right here in the building. I believe God wants to make some managers here in this building. I believe God wants to bring some entrepreneurs in this building. But it starts with you deciding to put God first. You seek Him. Matthew 6.33 Seek first the kingdom and all things shall be added. Seek Him first. Be loyal to God. Pray. Foster, God, develop within me a spirit of excellence in my workplace. God, I don't want to be loyal to my boss. I'm being loyal to you. God, help me, Lord Jesus, to foster a spirit of excellence.